Uh, you make your way over to Genesis 2. Now, uh, we've been going through our core values. We're finding our way this morning to uh, our third core value, which is participating in worship and Sabbath. Uh, now, I'll tell you up front, this is, uh, we usually are uh, expositional in our preaching, take a passage, unpack it, apply it. Um, that won't be the case again this week, which has been weird for me. It's really uncomfortable for me, if I'm honest. Uh, it's where I prefer to be, but that's what we'll be today. So we're going to be jumping around a little bit uh, right off the bat. And uh, so have your Bibles open, ready to go, so you can see these as I uh, read them. So um, now if, if, if you've been here long, right, the, the, the core value here is, is worship and Sabbath. And if you've been here long, you know that corporate worship of the Lord is a very important thing. We, we say often, if, if for whatever reason you can only make one thing during the week, make it to the Lord's Day worship with the people of God to worship the Lord. Uh, and we know, right, sickness happens, you travel, uh, roads get icy, all kinds of things come up. I don't say that as some guilt thing, but, but, but this, don't, don't pencil in worship, right, uh, Lord's Day worship uh, onto your, you know, anywhere on your schedule, right? Like, write in permanent marker, like tattoo it on your schedule so it is there. Now, we often talk about worship and why we do what we do on Sunday morning. Why this liturgy? Why not something else? And, and we've done that so many times. We'll continue to do that all the time. But this morning, I really wanted to focus on the one we don't talk about much, which is the Sabbath, Right? Uh, and if I'm honest, this uh, personally it excites me because it, it, I have drifted away from any sort of Sabbath practice other than worshiping with the church on Sunday morning. And I really began to feel uh, the weight and the heaviness of doing that uh, until this summer when, when Laura and I have just been reading some things and really rediscovering what a beautiful gift the Sabbath is. And, and so for me, it's an exciting thing to be talking about because it's been life-giving to us. I think it can be life-giving to all of you as well, should be. Uh, now, this week, some of you got a text from me. I was asking simply, um, just random, you weren't in any categories, just random. Uh, anyway, what is the first thing that you think of when you hear the word Sabbath? Now, one person actually went back with uh, the rock band Black Sabbath, okay? That's, that's the wrong answer, even though there was no wrong answer. Uh, Annie, who's not here today, Annie said Sunday and then rest, and then she thinks of very old word. Uh, someone answered uh, holy worship, slow, renewing. Uh, one person said this, that it's... Uh, Sunday and, and then fun. Growing up, we always went to church and we ate together and then we did fun stuff. Watched football, shot guns, played games. Everyone was usually around because they weren't working. Now, overwhelmingly, the answer that, that, we, that came was this, came to people's mind, was the word simply rest or some form of the word rest, which, which is great because that's literally what the meaning of the Hebrew word Shabbat means, right? To stop, to cease, to rest. So, I, I mean... I get this sense that, that overall we have a general idea, a really good general idea about what the Sabbath is, right? You, can, you could probably answer a simple questionnaire about it like that. But I also know that we're mostly terrible at practicing the Sabbath. We, we just are. I, I say that for a number of reasons. One is that so many of us are, are exhausted, even burnt out. And, and that often means that we, we aren't embracing this gift of the Lord to us that is Sabbath rest. And so this morning, my hope, my goal is to convince you of the goodness of practicing the Sabbath so that even though we live in a culture of exhaustion, 
that by the grace of God, we might be, we can be a community of rest. Uh, And we're going to begin, like I said, uh, three different passages. The first one's in Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. So let me go ahead and and read that and we'll get started. Um, And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. And so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Uh, The next one's Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. It says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or your sojourner who's within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that's in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the the Sabbath day and made it holy. Uh, The next one is Mark 2, 27 through 28. It says this. This is Jesus speaking. and, And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The grass withers, the flower fades. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, you have opened our eyes. You have given us new hearts so that we can believe in you and know you and love you and worship you. You have gifted us as your people with one day every week to gather and worship you and to rest from work. Please give us zeal for those two gifts. Please give us wisdom and conviction for for how to enter into Sabbath on a weekly basis. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if we're just terribly honest, and I've already kind of played my cards, but Christians today have a, a general resistance to keeping the Sabbath. Now, not many uh, Christians are antagonistic to the Sabbath, right? No one's uh, outside marching around town with, with signs, you know, that we will not rest until Sabbath is dead. Or there, There's not that kind of antagonism, but in some ways it's, it's almost worse because we are just apathetic to the idea. Now, there's a number of reasons for this. Uh, maybe you've experienced a soul-crushing version of the Sabbath, right? A, a massive list of things you cannot do. No going outside, no, no reading books besides the Bible, no playing games, no listening to music, or no doing this and this and this and this and this, and it, and it just comes across as this, this miserable experience. For, for some, it's, it's been an experience that feels more like a day of prison than a day of rest. Some object to the Sabbath because it interrupts our progress, and it, and it does. Um, John Mark Comer said this, he said, in one generation, Sunday of a day of rest and worship to a day to buy more stuff we don't need, to run errands, to eat out, or just get a jump start on our work for the weekend. It's simple math in that regard, right? If you work um, seven days instead of six days, you get more done, it seems like, except for um, rest is more important than we actually acknowledge, even for our own productivity. That's what we learn in the scriptures. That's what we unsurprisingly learn from numerous scientific studies on this. Uh, Some like the idea of a Sabbath. I would put most of us probably in that category. Seems like fun, but we're just too terribly busy to actually stop and and partake in that. And In fact, one of the people I texted, their their first response was the word simply rest, uh, but later elaborated saying, "We, we 
but we really don't do that often because we're always busy on Sundays. Uh, author Rich Volotis commented this. He said, Sabbath is the only commandment that we often boast about breaking in our pride to express to others how tirelessly we actually work. In fact, uh, another pastor recently said, there are nine commandments that if I violate, I could lose my ministry over. But if I do not keep the Sabbath, I am more likely to be praised for my good work ethic. Something is wrong with us if the only way that we can feel good about the lives that we are living is if we are completely burnt out in the efforts to live that way. Finally, some object to the Sabbath on, on theological grounds, stating that every other commandment is restated in the New Testament, therefore this one's thrown out. Well, our, our Lord practiced the Sabbath himself. Jesus never abolishes the Sabbath. He, he never rebukes the Sabbath itself. He rebukes the abuse of it. He rebukes the joyless legalistic, that the way that the Pharisees were practicing it and the way they were, they were putting it on the shoulders of, of others that made them to practice it. Uh, right? He rebukes the, the heavy yoke that it became uh, for them. Uh, all the, you know, you can only walk this many steps on the Sabbath, and oh, yeah, that's nine steps, that's work. Or, or some of them are so ridiculous, ideas like uh, you can take a bucket and fill up the trough, or whatever the official farm word for that is, uh, with water. But if you hold that bucket while your goat drinks out of it, you've now violated the Sabbath, right? Um, and, and so it goes back and forth that way. Now, now this does raise a big question. Are are we bound to keep the Sabbath? Let me unsatisfyingly put it this way. Yes and no. Since the resurrection of Jesus, you know the day has changed from Saturday to Sunday, but Jesus has actually changed more than just the day of the week. Christ has transformed the Sabbath, and like everything, Jesus makes it better. In Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is, is light. Now that statement there is, is immediately, we, we often hear that out of context, right? That it's immediately followed by, by Jesus and his disciples on the Sabbath. They are walking through a grain field. Um, some of the 12 guys, Peter, Thomas, and, and you know, those guys, they're picking grain and they're eating, rubbing it together, uh, getting the grain out and actually eating it. Uh, that offends the Pharisees greatly because here they are working on the Sabbath. Now, the story ends, though, with, with Jesus saying, which we read earlier, for the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus doesn't say, leave us alone, guys. There is no Sabbath, right? He says, I am Lord of the Sabbath. He's saying, I am I'm God. The, the, the authority to interpret the law is mine, not yours. And then Jesus, in their presence, works a miracle. He heals a man's withered hand. Uh, Kevin DeYoung says this. He says, while, while Jesus certainly kept all the Mosaic Sabbath commands, he, he did not hesitate to break the traditions and the customs of the Jews. He was less concerned about a strict Sabbatarianism and more concerned to get to the heart of the Sabbath. For for Jesus, the Sabbath was a day of freedom, a day for healing, a day for doing good, a day for rest. See, in that same moment right afterwards, Jesus also said this. He says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It was made for us. It has purpose for us. 
It's not just something that we do to check off that we've, we've done it right in obedience, but it's actually beneficial to us. So then how should you and I think about Sabbath rests? Let's, let's start at the beginning, right? Has it, has it ever occurred to you that the very first day of Adam and Eve's life was a day of rest, not a day of work? Right? We think, oh, they're born, on the, they're born, they're created on the sixth day. And so their first full day is that day of rest. Their, their day of rest, it wasn't earned from a hard week of work, right? You know, working in the garden, tilling it and whatnot. Uh, it was gifted to them as a way to prepare them, a way that says, you know, because you're my people, you can rest, preparing them for the hard work ahead. Now, it's, it's kind of interesting, isn't it, that as Jesus redeems all things, he also moves our experience of the Sabbath from the last day of the work week to the first day of the week. We rest before the week begins, not after. Uh, furthermore, of the Ten Commandments, Sabbath-keeping is the only one that God expresses directly to Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall, before the Ten Commandments. The, the Sabbath is, is grounded in creation. Now, I, I want you to think of Sabbath not as this massive list of things we can't do, which is too often the way we begin to approach it, but of a, a list of things that we can do that are uh, even though they're not productive, right? Actually, especially because they're not productive. You, you might think of Sabbath as a, a stopping, a, a resting, a, a delighting, a, a worshiping, right? So again, right? So must the Christian keep the Sabbath? There's, I believe you should. But, but hear me out here, but, because I'll say this too. To, to say keeping the Sabbath is... is something you must do is, is like saying you must get dessert after supper tonight. It's like that. Or, or when I'm you know, officiating weddings, I don't ever have to sit down with a couple afterwards and tell them, you know what? You guys have to consummate your marriage. You have to do that. No, you get to consummate your marriage, right? You, just like you get to have dessert after dinner. You get to have a day of rest if Sabbath feels like a heavy burden on your shoulders, you're probably doing something wrong. Because in His mercy, the Lord has given His people a, a day of rest, a day where we are allowed to relax, allowed to praise Him for His goodness and mercy, allowed to just stop and observe the creation around us that, that He has made. Also, how many, how many weeks of vacation does your, your employer give you, right? Two weeks, three weeks, some of you four weeks, I don't know. Um, which is great. I'm glad you get that. Those are good for you. But, but do you realize there are 52 Sundays in a year? That's over seven weeks worth of rest. Perfectly placed, one a week, all year long. But it only serves that way if we actually take that rest. Christian, you, you need to start Sabbathing. A.J. Swoboda says it so well. He says, to keep a Sabbath is to give time and space on our calendar to the grace of God. So let's get into some practice here, in, uh, right? What's it look like in real life, 2021, to, to practice the Sabbath? Uh, simply put, cease working and celebrate what Jesus has done for you. There's a really simple version of it. Now, I'll tell you, our, our family is currently in the progress of figuring this out, what it actually looks like, but we've taken some steps in the right direction, and like I said earlier, it's been truly life-giving. That's why I so readily 
recommend it, encourage, want to call you to this. And so like everything else, be, begin with prayer. A- ask God to give you wisdom, wisdom on how you can set this day apart as a day that honors God and a day that finds rest in the Lord. And a day that is simply the best day of the week. And, and so I'm just going to bulletproof some ideas here for you. First, to Sabbath well, it, it takes preparation. When, when I sent out that question, what do, you, what do you think of when you first hear the word Sabbath? Uh, Amy Shanahan responded with rest and fiddler on the roof. Now, I've never seen fiddler on the roof, so I thought that's a very long typo uh, that somehow got into this, or there's something behind it. So I asked her, why in the world fiddler on the, wor- on the roof? And she said this. She said, there's a beautiful scene when the family is running around kind of frantically preparing for the beginning of Sabbath and trying to get everything done before. before. And as soon as everything is ready, this calming music starts playing, and a hush falls over everyone as the mother lights the candles and the father begins to sing a blessing. There's that preparation, right? Preparation means that you, you run errands, you, you get your groceries, you mow your lawn, you do your homework uh, on, on Saturday so that when Sunday comes along, the Lord's Day comes along, you can just rest on that day. Uh, secondly, have some way of marking the beginning of this Sabbath, set it apart, right? The, the Jewish practice is that uh, it began at sundown and it continued until sundown the next day. They'd light candles, they'd say a prayer, they'd share in a feast together, often inviting guests into that experience. Uh, so maybe sundown Saturday starts your Sabbath, maybe it's Sunday morning through, uh, you know, Monday morning, but no matter what it is, have a specific set time that you know, okay, we're entering into Sabbath at this time. Third, do worship with your covenant family. Come to church Sunday morning, uh, right? It, it's a massive part of it. Fourth, be grateful. Re- reflect on all the Lord has done for you this past week. It gives you just once a week to be able to really think back in, in, in that regard with just a grateful heart. Uh, Mark Buchanan in his book, the, the Rest of God, beautifully says, at the heart of worship is rest, a stopping from all work, all worry, all scheming, all fleeing, to stand amazed and be thankful for, before God, uh, for God and for His work. There can be no real worship without rest. Fifth, set boundaries. Uh, you don't have to say yes to everything that someone asks you to do on the Lord's Day uh, or any day, but particularly the Lord's Day. It's okay if you say, not today, we're, we're Sabbathing or something like that. Uh, as one guy put it, he said, being a Sabbath keeper is basically the art of letting people down at a rate they can handle. Six, this one's pretty straightforward, don't work, right? Deuteronomy 5.13, God says, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, right? There's a big part of it, do not work. Uh, not just work for your vocational job, any work running errands, housework, uh, yard work, school work, paperwork, all, all work. And again, I'm telling you how to do this in a way that is, is well. Don't hear this as this legalism heavy thing. You have to do everything exactly like this, uh, right? But, but the, most, the most helpful way I have found to think about this is to ask yourself this simple question. Is this productive? Is it productive? And if it is productive, let it wait until after the Sabbath. Let it wait till Monday. I'm going to wait till the evening on Sunday, whatever it might be, right? Is it productive? Don't do it. Are, are you going running or practicing a sport because you want to get better because it's something you're working at? Don't do that. Just take the day off. Rest. 
right? If you're jogging just because you thought, man, it'd be nice to go out. It's beautiful weather. I'd enjoy that, right? Or playing pickleball for the same reason. Then, then you know, just the sheer enjoyment of it, then that can be something that's refreshing to do. Uh, but take a break from being productive. Seventh, do trust in God. As Timothy Keller says, uh, to practice Sabbath is a disciplined and faithful way to remember that you are not the one who keeps the world running. You are not the one who provides for your family, not even the one who keeps your work projects moving forward. Remember, remember when this is first given to these people, these are people who uh, farmed and ranched for a living, people who really had just an endless amount of work to do. For them, this, this challenge of, of practicing the Sabbath was just trusting that they could stop and everything else isn't going to fall apart, that they're going to survive, they're going to be okay while they rested. Now, in, in many ways, it's the same struggle for us today, right? At, at its core, keeping Sabbath is this, this deep acknowledgement of the sovereignty of God in our lives and the world. In the poetic words of Will Willimon, God keeps the world, therefore we do not have to. When we, when we stop working, we, we announce to everyone around us that Jesus truly is Lord, both of our rest and of our work. When we stop striving to, to save ourselves, right? When we acknowledge our weakness, when we look to Jesus, we, we can rest I love this from, from Justin, Justin Early. He says this. He says, when our souls rest in God, we can finally take a day off. We can finally take a nap or stare at a cloud or have a long dinner with friends without rushing. Eighth, rest. One of the most common prayer requests I hear is something along the lines of, we're just, we are so busy, we are exhausted, we just appreciate prayer for that. And I love it when that's shared for me. And I do pray for people in, in that situation. But um, there's a part of me that also thinks, you know what, the, the, the fact that, that someone is so exhausted when they're working 80 hours a week and they're driving children around to 10 different activities and, and never keeping Sabbath in any capacity, it, at some point it's really not a prayer issue so much as a, a wisdom and an obedience issue about finding rest in the way the Lord has given us. Are, are, are we really so arrogant as to think that we understand our bodies and our minds better than God does. And, and I'll be the first to admit, yes, most of my life I have been so arrogant to think, you know what, I don't need rest. I'm fine. Here's what I need to do. I need to study for this exam. I need to get this email sent out. I need to do about a hundred other things. Yes, we can be that arrogant. But did we create ourselves, right? Remember that you are a man, you're a woman, a child. You are, you are not God. You need rest. And so rest, especially on the Lord's Day, which has been set apart for this. Ninth, there's a community aspect to this. Uh, share a meal with others. Invite them on a hike on the Kanza, uh, right? Invite your neighbors into Sabbath. Now, also, you're, you're free to do good, to do acts of mercy for others on the Sabbath. If you have opportunity to do that, do that. Our Lord Jesus did that all the time. Uh, tenth, remember the Sabbath is restorative. Jesus says in Mark 2.27, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Do things that are restorative, things that you don't do every day. You, you might figure this out by beginning to just ask yourself this question. You've never done this. It's an incredible practice to do. Just sit down and make this list. What exhausts you? Right? And a lot of those things you can remove from your Sabbath day. What 
and make the same list. What is it that fills you up, that energizes you, gives you life, and, and begin to add those things to Sabbath day? But, but here's the catch here, right? The discernment, you, you've got to be honest because you might enjoy just mindlessly binging on Netflix. That sounds wonderful, right? But you also know that's not, that's not going to be truly restorative for your, your body, your soul. Now, the Sabbath can include some wonderful things. Read godly books, listen to uplifting music, uh, gather with covenant family, cook a feast or chocolate chip cookies, uh, enjoy your, your best wine or your best whiskey on the porch, right? Take a nap and don't feel guilty about taking a nap. Uh, you know, and, and since you're not being productive on this day, you really have freedom. You can sit in the front porch and just curiously watch the lives of squirrels and what they do all day. That's okay. Uh, on the Sabbath, our, our children and our, our family, they're, they're free. Someone taught us this years ago. Our kids are free to eat anything they find in the house. Uh, some Sunday mornings, I'll find them in the kitchen eating ice cream or cookie dough or pizza. And, and that's great, right? It sets it apart from the other days where they have to have something much more healthier than that. Uh, also, husbands and wives, without the stress of daily life, the Sabbath is a great day, biblically speaking, to know each other. Eleven. Uh, and, and some people might object to this, but play. Yes, play. God, God says on the Sabbath day, you shall not do any work. He never says you shall not play. Don't skip worship to play. And, and there's a huge difference between competitive soccer game and, and, and a pickup soccer game that you're just kind of playing. But, but do, do play that game of apples to apples you've, you've wished to play all week or your children begging you to play all week. Do get out the wiffle ball and play home run derby. Do laugh with each other. Those of you with, with young children, right, I remember being there. You're thinking, okay, these all sounds great and nap sounds wonderful, but that's not going to happen in our, our life, right? Uh, that's not in that sense of it. I understand there, there's more to this, right? You, you being free from work, from having to be glued to, to doing something in that way, thinking about things, you, you can play with your children in a way that, that maybe you're not able to the other six days of the week. You, you can read out loud to them. You can go on a slow walk with them. You, you have this time set apart for those kind of things. Twelve, and there's just this and one more. Uh, take a digital Sabbath. Give your mind a rest from the constant grind of, of connected technology. Try this today. I, I triple dog dare you in the, the Christmas story uh, vernacular, right? When, when you leave here, turn off your phone and just put it away today. If you must have it on for some reason, right, just turn the ringer up and, and put it away. Plug it in the wall. Put it somewhere where you're not going to touch it. Truly step away from it. You, you can step away from the never-ending news cycle for one day. You have permission to just stop carrying the burdens of the, wor of the world for a day. Um, right? In this same idea of a digital Sabbath, get off of social media. Seriously. Uh, John Comer says, how do, you, uh, how do you pray, read the scriptures, sit under preaching at church, or rest well on the Sabbath, when every chance you get you reach for the dopamine dispenser that is your phone? Jesus sent out the 12 disciples to minister people in Mark 6. In Mark 6.31, after they have returned uh, to Jesus and they tell him all about these wonderful things that, they, that have occurred, Jesus instructs the 12 of them saying, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Right? Come over here where you are out of contact with people. But because of our phones, your, our phones, right? To, to use the words of Stanley Hauervoss, 
too many of us have become a quivering mass of availability. Even Jesus wasn't available 24 hours a day. He went away to pray and to rest often. So I'll ask you, why do you believe that you have to be available to people 24 hours a day, every day of the week? To take a day away from texts, from news, from social media, from, from work emails, which will, you know, helps to give your brain, our brains, a, a Sabbath rest. I don't know if you realize how much our brains are working as, as modern people with technology around us all the time. And in this book, Laura and I are reading, we, we had our mind blown by the simple idea, uh, the, the guy Swoboda writes, Sabbath day is not merely stopping our work, it is also stopping our thinking and scheming about work. Thinking about work is work. It really is. Take a day where you forbid yourself from thinking about work, and I would love to just to hear back what a different day that is. Your, your brain gets a moment to, to just rest because you're not thinking about it. So, so thinking about work is, is work. It is likely to bring about anxiety and stress, so don't. You're going to get so much more rest on the Lord's Day if, if you don't even allow yourself to, to think about work, about how to fix this problem, or, or how am I going to word this email that has to be sent out, or I wonder if they responded, and what do they say to that, and how am I going to respond, and all those things that begin to spin and spin and spin, right? You have permission to take a break, even a mental break. And finally, if, if, you're, if you're not already practicing Sabbath, let me tell you this up front, it's disruptive. It is absolutely disruptive to your life. It is hard. At times it'll feel like you're detoxing from some sort of an addiction because you kind of are. You'll want to, to check your texts, your, your emails. You're going to fixate about what's going on that you don't know. You're going to fixate about what you need to do. And, and it's, it's just, it's hard. I want you to know that. And, and the great irony is, right, you're going to want to stop resting, right? You're going to want to quit resting. And, and the very fact that you feel that way means that it's working and you're going to begin to experience, right, slowly these, these benefits, right, that God in, intends for you, but it's, it's in little ways that grow large. You'll, you'll be renewed, you'll be rejuvenated, and, and, and I, I tell you that, right, just know it's going to be hard. And it's not only hard, it's weird. To a culture that, that just worships at the altar of nonstop hyperactivity all the time, Sabbath raises all sorts of questions. If, if you keep the Sabbath, you're going to seem really strange to people, and, and that's okay. That's, that's good. <clears throat> so, so I'm asking you to Sabbath. It doesn't have to look like the way we Sabbath. I'd be glad to tell you what ours looks like so far, um, right? Uh, but, but do it. Don't just know about the Sabbath. And, and this is something we do too much as, as, as Christians today, as church today, right? We, we know about a subject and we don't actually do anything about that subject, right? So, so I'm, I'm telling you, don't just know about the Sabbath. Know the Sabbath. Experience it. Make this a, a rhythm of your life. And really, stop making excuses about why you can't Sabbath. We all are convinced we, I, I'm the exception, Right? Um, the, the most important thing, though, is that you start, that you give it a try, even today, right? Again, the triple dog dare. Try turning off your phone. Go on a walk. Make some pancakes. Um, stop thinking about work for a while. 
right? In a prayer journal, right? So, so let us embrace Sabbath rest. God gives you permission to cease, to, to stop, to not be productive for a day. So trust the Lord. He, he has things covered. And embrace the, the limits of your humanity and, and settle into this weekly gift of Sabbath. And, and again, again, right, in a culture of exhaustion, let us be a community of rest. I'm going to finish just with a quote by a guy named Mark Buchanan. I already quoted him earlier, but he says this. It's a sheer gift. Sabbath is not the break we are allotted at the tail end of completing all of our tasks and chores, the fulfillment of all of our obligation. It is the rest that we take smack dab in the middle of them without apology, without guilt, and for no better reason than God told us we could. Let's pray. Lord of the Sabbath, it is hard for us to stop working. It is harder still to stop worshiping work and productivity. We confess that our busyness often substitutes for our holiness. Forgive us, Lord, and help us to be still enough to know you. Help us to trust you to keep sustaining when we cease on the Lord's day. Help us to see that the Sabbath is not a burden on our shoulders, but a good gift which keeps us from unraveling. Help us to unashamedly embrace your gift of Sabbath rest. Thank you, Lord, for this rhythm of rest in our life of toil. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.